0: learning that there's a mass consciousness, learning that the universe actually communicates with us. But a lot of that you have to get out of that fear response. And we all have PTSD responses, unfortunately, and fortunately for that matter, we all have trauma, but we have to realize and own our stories. Those are all ailments
1: of not asking why and all ailments of being suppressed and being told what to think and being told what to do. And now it's like, well, plant medicine's the answer because it makes you ask why and wonder outside of self.
2: Gemma, Gemma, it is Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul, and this is the second to last episode of the year. Thought that we would wrap up with some topics that I'm most curious about. For example, microdosing, Now, I'll get into that in a little bit, but I just wanted to plug Eyes my shop, eyesofaspen.com, as if you're listening, I wanted to offer a 10% discount When you use the code MAGIC10 at checkout, there's new journals, like a soul care planner, diaries, books, tarot, herbs for magic, and just so much more, eyesofaspen.com, code MAGIC10. And of course, feel free to connect at yourownmagicpodcast.com. Now, after the holidays, I'm connecting with Bree to really talk logistics for a 2023 retreat. Once we do, you'll receive an email for those who have submitted their interests, and I'll be opening spaces for you for those who sent in their email, and it'll be first come first serve. And yeah, feel free to apply at your own magic podcast.com slash retreat. Now I am beyond thrilled for you to hear today's podcast episode with two very, very in tune women, very sweet women who happen to be sisters as well, Megan and Nicole Smith. They're the founders of Synchronicity, I love that name. Synchronicity, which is a program that helps others in healing their trauma through microdosing, and this is another episode that I've just been itching to release since we recorded it a few months ago, and it's one of my new favorites. So the psilocybin market is predicted to reach six point nine billion by twenty twenty seven. Around the U S, mushroom dispensaries are popping up in at least fifteen cities, and stressed out busy moms are dosing mushrooms all due to the positive results of microdosing, linked to depression anxiety drug and alcohol addiction and overall mental health and so megan and nicole from their life experience they experienced a profound healing through this medicine and went on to receive certifications even from the Microdosing Institute specializing in trauma healing through plant medicine. And so in this episode, Megan and Nicole share their stories and talk about psychedelic therapy, the power of psilocybin, shifting your neuroplasticity, how microdosing magic mushrooms works, scientific discoveries, and approval of psilocybin treatment, why the world kept this healing plant from us, and masculine and feminine energies, and tea theory for microdosing and their synchronicity program and just so much more. This episode is full of gold and I just wanted to nudge a little disclaimer that obviously I'm not anti whatever medication you're on. I'm obviously anti big pharma from a capitalistic standpoint as but I do not judge people's decisions for their own mental, physical, or emotional health. So I don't want you to feel any sort of shame in this, and I appreciate that Megan and Nicole really share this information in a non-shameful way and just share their perspectives. They preface that they're not medical doctors, but they are trained with this medicine, and also they share their experiences and what they've observed when it comes to others' healing, and along with evidence-based research, which I do deeply appreciate, and so I'm just very pro trying the alternatives that seem to be proven that may likely be better for a lot of humans so this is not meant to be medical advice but I just wanted to share this very valuable information or at least have Megan and Nicole share this very valuable information about microdosing so with all that being said I hope you enjoy this conversation and let the magic begin Here I have Megan and Nicole who are sisters and I'm so honored and thankful to have you on. I'm excited to hear the message that you have to share. This is unique. This is new for the listeners so this will be fun.
0: Yeah thanks for having us Raquel. We're really excited to be here um, and we're excited just to like Get down and see what we have can chat about. Share our knowledge.
2: (laughs) Yes, I love it. I love it. So, what is letting you both up most in this season of your life?
0: Well, um, honestly, just all the shifts that are happening in the world. You know, people tend to get kind of down on everything that's happening, and we're actually really excited because it's such a we feel like such a new world is awakening. Um, Like, what a time to be alive! And we like COVID turned our lives upside down, but honestly you know, it looked meek to begin with, but now like we couldn't be more happy. Uh, And it's funny how like the negative things in life can turn out to be some of the best moments in life. And we teach that a lot as coaches is like that, you know, shadows are actually your light. So you think like the dark night of the soul is such a crazy thing, but honestly it ends up being where you find your strength and power. So it's crazy when you're in it.
2: (laughs) I 100% agree. This is something that I also teach and preach all the time because I realize all of my shadow moments in the past, which were horrible while they were happening, ended up actually turning out to be something that I needed for my own self and my own soul for my own strength. So I could not agree more yeah is that megan or nicole let's let's identify the voices we
0: sound very different so or actually very similar sorry this is megan and i'm nicole very subtle okay very so
2: subtle. nicole how about you what is lighting you up as well in this season of your life
0: um i think just a lot of
1: like megan said the shifting yes. you know we've got we're heading right into eclipse season and whether you align with astrology or not it's going to hit you <laughs> one way or another
2: yep but, yep um,
1: no, I have heavier, I have some pretty heavy Scorpio placements in my charts. So I'm really excited Ooh. to see what this eclipse brings um, because it was fun last time and it's going to be even more fun this time. Yes, um, yes. Oh, I have chills for you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited.
1: But also, you know, we're heading into fall and winter, which are some of my favorite seasons. I love watching <clears throat> the food change. You know, it's now squash and soup season and we're coming off of you know salads and colder food like chilled food so um I always love the transition into like warmer foods with colder weather you know
2: I agree I can't wait to have for example pumpkin soup is one of my favorites a nice warm soup yes also I'd love to hear your story both of your stories together and what led you to to help people heal through microdosing and more? Um, yeah, so I, I guess this is Nicole. I'll
1: start first. I'm the oldest, so I get this one this time. <laughs> okay. The journey really started like about 10, 11 years ago. We started in Al-Anon, which is the sister program to AA. We come from a family. Um, our father is a nine-year recovering alcoholic. And um, we were in and out of Al-Anon rooms searching for more. And through yoga and therapists and al and all of these things, um, we kind of felt like there was more. And um, plant medicine kind of popped up and it kind of hit Megan in the face to begin with. Um, I had always, we, not so much Megan, she did she did dabble in plant medicine with marijuana, but it never really was her thing. And I used to smoke a lot of marijuana back in the day um, because it was... It was, you know, cool and trendy. And I don't know, it was a thing being in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I would always, there was like a stigma around it. Like, oh, you don't do plant medicine, you know, mushrooms, like people, you're going to go crazy. You know, we, you always hear these nuts, nutso stories that were, we were kind of raised around. And, you know, if you do mushrooms or if you do LSD or if you do any of these like drugs, quote unquote, you're, you know, you're going to fry your brain. And Megan will share her story about how she got into it. Well, she has always been the catalyst um, in our family. She's an an Aries. Aries. (laughs) So both feet face forward, she just goes for it. And then um, I'm always like, great, you did it. So I'll do it. (laughs) So um, I was about a year and a half ago, I was in yoga teacher training and microdosing kind of like popped up. Uh, I had seen this shaman guy. He started talking about my heart chakra and I was like, sir, get out of my bubble. I am not going to microdose while I'm doing this very intense five-week Bikram training. And that was kind of the catalyst where it kept popping up. And then we just jumped in and we got microdosing coaches and then worked through some pretty Um, Well, I guess our own traumas each individually, we kind of broke it down and then it was just, it fell in our lap. Like this was the key to unlock a lot of things that we had sought answers for. And um, now we have put all of the 10 years of all of the different resources all into one. And we started this company and it's been
0: amazing. Growing up, it was such a, I just wasn't into drugs. You know, I was, I wanted to be a vet. I had like so many aspirations. And I thought that, you know, if you do drugs that you're not going to be able to accomplish those things, or at least that was the narrative that we were taught, right? The D.A.R.E. program and all of this stuff. We were brainwashed with these children. So I stayed away from them quite a lot in high school. I didn't party. I didn't do anything. And then, um, when I got out, I became a yoga teacher and started doing all of these things. And it was funny because as I started to learn about very, very... You know, famous people. And actually, I ended up being a private flight attendant for um, almost seven years. So you started hearing. Yeah, about- that's awesome. Yeah. So you started hearing on private planes about like psychedelic experiences and how a lot of ideas yep. actually came out of ayahuasca and all of this stuff. And then I started hearing about astrology and like all of these taboos that had been called a cult in my world, like kind of shattered. And I heard the quote, like, you know, the difference between millionaires and billionaires is actually astrology. And I was like, no way. And that's actually a Charles Schwab's quote. And so I started really getting into all of this. And one of my really good friends uh, that was actually one of my yoga mentors, I went out to see her in Laguna Beach and we went to a sound bath healing. And this shaman, you know, came up and was like, have you ever done rape? In America, it's called hape, But um, people know it is that. But I was like, no, but I'm a yoga teacher, and I do not know what possessed me, but I was like, I'm a yoga teacher. I can handle this. And he was like, okay. So he blew a hero's dose of rape up my nose. What's a hero's dose? You know, usually you do a pea size because I actually administer rape now, but... Um, it was probably like a quarter yeah. size up my, and you do the left first because the left is death and the right is rebirth. And it, for those of you that haven't heard of rape, it actually clears the chakras. So it sends energy fields through your um, chakras. And I had believed in chakras before, but I don't think I'd ever felt my chakras. And I ended up, I saw white light when it hit my crown chakra And then it came down, it bounced in my heart chakra because I had a block in my heart chakra. Um, And it was crazy because I really started to believe in the third eye because I had this experience with one of my exes who had broke my heart so badly. And it was like all of a sudden there was this huge release in my chest. And then it went down through all the chakras and hit my root chakra. And I was like, what the F just happened? Um, And he's like, now we have to do the right. And I was like, oh, the heck you do. Um, and then, you know, he did the right, then I started throwing up and, you know, most people don't have that kind of experience with rape. Usually it's quite mellow. Um, and he goes, you've been chosen. And I was like, what does that mean? And he's like, when you get rocked by something, right. It means that actually the plant medicine has chosen you. And I was like, dizzy and seeing things. And I was like, I do not. So that was my, I went back and slept for like three hours. My girlfriend, um, was like, you poor thing. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. And when I woke up, I had never felt better in my life. And I was like, there's something to this. I had so much clarity that then I went down the wormhole being an Aries, Gemini moon. (laughs) I wanted to know everything. I wanted to research everything. I wanted to go deeper. And when our company's name is synchronicity for a reason, because we believe in synchronicities and in alignments, Then I started hearing about microdosing all the time. Then I went down and did ayahuasca and I just went like headfirst into plant medicine. And I, there was so much forgiveness and so much just like self-realization about why my life had been the way it was. So many answers that I couldn't see. And I remember coming home and just being like, this is where people need to begin. I think the end is actually in meditation to where you can actually get into the quantum and, you know, more of like Joe Dispenza's work. Um, But this is how you begin, because had I not had plant medicine and the trust in the other planes and the other dimensions and actually realizing that we are um, spiritual beings having a human experience, I wouldn't have had the trust to actually surrender and be able to make meditation and, you know, synchronicities and actually manifesting and everything a natural part of my life. But it began with that trust and those baby steps with microdosing and then going into ayahuasca and then being able to um, integrate meditation because I think we can actually create these things on our own. And that's a big part of our thing is it's like, I don't want to create reliance. I want to create initiation and the self-awareness to be able to process through all of these so you don't have blocks, so you have that pure connection into spirit. So that's kind of a short story of Oh, we got here.
2: Yes. I have a feeling I need to try this program one day. I don't know. It just like really hit me. I had chills when you were talking about it. Whenever I received chills, that's a sign for me. Of course, it's like a very strong truth bumps. So I feel like one day you're going to see me at your program, just so you know. right, yeah, um, we're ready. are <laughs> <ready once> <laughs> Yay. I love to hear that. Amazing. Also, so I love hearing that microdosing can help shift us in some way, shape or form. If you can possibly paint a picture Describe the experience of microdosing. If you don't mind elaborating on it,
0: so microdosing is a great way to start because we have so many people that come to us and am like, "Oh my gosh, am I going to be able to work? Am I going to be able to drive? Am I going to?" And I'm like, "Yes." That's the beautiful part about microdosing is that really it just shuts off that like PTSD fear response, so you become your authentic self without like you know really going into the quantum and like having this huge experience. Instead, it's like baby steps, right? It's like, you're not ready to run a marathon. We're just going to like do a half mile to begin with. So it's really creating that trust, but also just like coming back to self to realize like living with intention and not living with expectation and learning the difference between the two and working with that you know, learning that there's a mass consciousness, learning that the universe actually communicates with us. But a lot of that, you have to get out of that fear response. And we all have PTSD responses. Unfortunately, and fortunately for that matter, we all have trauma, but we have to realize and own our stories. If you don't do that, then you are actually in your victimhood. And we believe in radical accountability, and we believe that the soul has a purpose. And that your trauma is directly related to that purpose. So we start to flip the narrative using, you know, because there's neuroreceptors in the brain that mushrooms plug into. And when you stop having that fear response and those trauma cycles, you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's why I really like working with people that we start microdosing and then we step into Macro dosing, but it's very much mm. learning how to take those baby steps. So it's 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 you know stepping into it and not just you know especially if you're not an Aries because I know like me I'm like full bore let's go to ayahuasca like da, da, da but some people it's like okay let me take baby steps and be comfortable in this experience because it's it's a lot to realize just how much excuse my language, but bullshit. We've been told our entire lives. Like there were so many lies and things that I had to get past. But when you don't have those fear responses in the brain, it's actually a beautiful thing. It's like, you can just set a boundary and there's no like, Oh my God, is that person going to be mad at me? It's like, no, this just doesn't feel good. And like, I'm going to say something. So like showing up and being seen and having these human experiences that so many of us have had taken away from us as children and being able to show up for yourself, it's such a beautiful thing. Microdosing does that, but it doesn't have any of the like psychedelic um, experiences that so many people fear with mushrooms. So it's a great, great, great start to the psychedelic world. They're so calm and mellow and grounding. Yeah,
1: And, and the other thing with it is it's like it really does teach you to understand the difference between self and ego. Um, in a very calm manner. Um, A lot of people like go into doing mushrooms and they have this like whole idea of like, oh, I want an ego death. Well, we don't want to kill the ego. We want to understand and embrace the ego. And microdosing does a great job of being able to understand the two of them and how they coexist simultaneously.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And how they dance together. Because I mean, now a lot of people do shame the ego and we definitely need aspects of it in a variety of areas in our life, but not every area. And I appreciate that you're mentioning the scare tactics. So this is a theory of mine, guys. This is a theory. This is not fact, but this is just a theory that even though I experimented with everything when I was in high school, like I did all the horrible drugs, the drugs that you don't want to do the drugs that they, I'm glad that they have scare tactics around because they need to, you know what I'm talking about, but, I so. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> when it came to, it's so wild how I was the most scared. I didn't try mushrooms or uh, what else was there? Yeah. Just mushrooms. And I think other plant medicines, just because I was told these scare tactics around like, how it's going to affect my brain. My brain's going to be swimming in a pool of blood. And I just wonder if th- this is a theory, this is just a theory. I feel like perhaps those narratives were around to prevent us from really expanding our consciousness and tapping into our power to control us. If you, if that makes sense. No, so. We absolutely agree with you. And okay.
1: it's, it's been yeah. used
2: for control
1: and you can actually, um, we have currently um, been working on a newsletter and we're doing the history of actual psychedelics. And we have oh, yeah. a couple episodes. We actually did a four part series on our podcast talking about the history of it. And mm-hmm. they actually started with pe- peyote because they took away peyote because the native Americans with peyote would not um, become they European, they European. They wouldn't assimilate Right, right. So they started taking these away. And and when you really start digging into the history of psychedelics, it is all about control. They took them away because psychedelics open the mind. They actually make you ask and question things. And when you're asking and free thinking, you're not as easily controlled. And so we're seeing like this third wave of psychedelics, you know, they're really pushing for helping with PTSD and anxiety and depression and all that stuff. Well, those are all those are all ailments of not asking why and all ailments of being suppressed and being told what to think and being told what to do. And now it's like, well, plant medicine is the answer. Well, plant medicine's the answer because it makes you ask why and wonder outside of self.
0: Well, and it also it takes you off of the pharmaceutical Right. You know, like it, they control us with pharmaceuticals because pharmaceuticals put a bandaid over the actual problems. And when I really started looking into, cause I've been on how many therapist couches and psychotherapists and they're like, you have depression, you have this, you have that. And I'm like, cool. But like, how do I fix it? Because I'm not somebody that wants a life sentence. I'm not that committed to anything in my life. <laughs> like I have issues and I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't believe in this is forever. Um, So I was that like rebel without a cause, right? Because I was like, I don't know what my cause is, but I know this isn't right. So it's this, it was that drive for something more. And when I started looking into actually the history of psychiatry and the history of psychotherapy and all of this, it's actually based in eugenics. And that's what most people don't understand. And that was wild to me. I was like, oh my gosh, this comes out of like... I actually started in Philadelphia at a psych hospital and then moved over into Germany during World War II. But if you start digging through the history of this kind of stuff, you want nothing to do with it. And it's very funny that they, you know, leave that out of the school systems (laughs) when you start to dig into this stuff. And I've really started to push people to research the causes or anything that they're involved in because you need to have and know that why. (laughs) You know, I don't care what believe or anything I'm a super open person but know your why and I challenge all of our clients it's like you have a belief but know the why and have the facts to back it up because if not then you're just a zombie being programmed if you don't have a why um and that really messes with purpose and things like that so and that causes us a lot of issues but yeah it's I love I love theories and all of this is my favorite conversations, honestly. But.
2: So I do have a question, though, for people who are taking pharmaceuticals because they might have some challenges. And of course, I'm curious if the plant medicine would help. Um, yeah. So,
1: yes, we are not. We are not doctors. So please, <laughs> you know, be nice. um, so we work with people all the time that are diagnosed, bipolar, depressed, anxiety, all of the above. So we always say, like, please talk to your doctor about this if you're going to start coming off, you know, pharmaceuticals. But plant medicine is making huge push in this industry um, to actually take and balance the brain. So psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms, actually has receptors that speak to the brain. And when you're working in certain strains of mushrooms, you can actually balance the serotonin levels in the brain where you actually are no longer having bouts in the chemical side of it uh, that look like bipolar or depression or anything like that, because they actually allow for the brain to return back to its homeostasis and then rebalance naturally. So we, um, you know, I I personally and Megan, you know, pharmaceuticals are kind of a death sentence and we do understand some people do absolutely choose to use them and um, that is their choice. But psilocybin is making massive pushes in this industry to help with individuals especially with like
0: bipolar and depression well and it's being found you know if you don't want to fully come off of pharmaceuticals that it's actually is safe to use psilocybin along with a lot of the medications because um but actually with autism and things like that they think it's because with narcissism and psychopathy and all of those things, there was once thought to not be a cure whatsoever. But because you can actually make new neural networks and new dendrites, they're actually saying now that psychedelics could possibly be the cure because psychopathy or anything, right, to the point of like somebody murdering someone or things like that. Yeah, a super traumatic childhood, because there's good psychopaths too. And what people don't realize is firefighters and like fighter jet pilots and like we have an uncle who's a neurosurgeon actually are very very high on the spectrum because everything's a spectrum right one end being schizophrenic and the other end being sociopathy. Soci- sociopathy um and they have to have lack of self in order to do their jobs or they'd actually go nuts but we're talking like trauma to the point where you know you're like Jeffrey Dahmer or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, reprogrammed and that's an extraordinary find because if you can re, you know, if you can make, um, neuroplasticity, uh, soft and then rewire neural networks like neural pathways, and that that's, that's insane research. So, you know, things that and autism is very, very similar to psychopathy and how the brain works. Um, for those that don't realize that, you know, it's, the, it's the, how the neural pathways in the brain and everything. so they're actually finding insane research coming out of John Hopkins with all of that and how you know, social awkward and all of all of you know social fears and all of that um are actually shifting and i, I love this kind being, of stuff it's being turned on the brain yeah. is ideally the brain is
1: being parts of the brain that were shut off, quote unquote, is kind of what it is are right. now being turned on in ways that they uh, science is kind of baffled like
0: how well they have to have higher doses of psilocybin right because there's also genetic predispositions to like how much psilocybin but with autism and with like asperger's i don't think it's called that anymore but in no, psychopathy it has to be higher doses than people that have you know more normal functioning brains but um, very high doses actually cause the brain to function more normally, which right. is yeah. super cool. We're obsessed with brains. So <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, I can tell. Oh, you know, delta, kind of, like <laughs> dopamine,
0: serotonin, melatonin, yeah. all the things.
2: Yeah. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order the fact that this is now being shown to the world and people are becoming more approving of it because there's even great doctors and scientists that are sharing all these different studies and they're open to sharing this i think that that's such a great thing for our society well
1: and it's also you know it's not chemical yeah you're not it's not being made in the lab you know this is this is one thing like i'm i'm heavily against watching the pharmaceuticals get their fingers involved with this because they want to make a synthetic form of psilocybin yeah. and everybody that we have talked to that have taken a synthetic form of anything have had horrible results or they've come to us like what happened and yeah. we're like well it was synthetic don't do it. like you know and that's the thing it's just like nature has heal- healing properties like
2: yeah we're
1: proving it you know psilocybin is I mean, I can't, we can't even begin to tell you the success stories. We have people that come to us that are like, I was going to kill myself a week ago and I had planned it all out and I went through your guys' program and like, I have never, you, you, it changed my life. But it was the realization of like, this is, it's not just medicine, but it's also understanding self. Let's look at the deep rooted trauma. Like, let's see what comes up when we're working with psilocybin. What is it that caused this to happen in the body?
0: Well, and also, I think, you know, if you choose to keep that part in, um, you know, we have a background with that with our mother. She actually had a psychotic break when I was six, and Nicole was nine or 10. Um, The thing is, is what was so amazing is, is that they couldn't explain why. So they just slapped bipolar on her. And she was on lithium, which killed her thyroid. And, you know, our mom is Super witchy and super like, and I mean, <laughs> i mean, witchy oh, yeah. oh, in like, like, a really good context rash. of like, she has connections and intuitions, right? Yeah. And it was actually just stress. And Tana. I figured this out like years ago, I was like, you know what, She, my dad had asked her for a divorce. She had just lost her mom tragically to brain cancer was working, you know, for Peterson Air Force Base in a really stressful, you know, she's a brilliant I woman. A and it was like, sh- her brain just broke. Instead of committing suicide, she literally just checked out. And it was like, her neural networks just like flatlined. And, so she, you know, I want people to know these kinds of stories because it's really important. You know, alcoholism is a form of suicide. It's just a, a slow form. And when you get into how the brain works, all of this actually is in the DMN, default mode network. And what SSRI blockers don't do and what, you know, all of that stuff doesn't do is it doesn't reprogram the DMN. And that's where all personality disorders lie. So our mom safely takes psilocybin. It's changed her life. And she's no longer she's not, she's not bipolar. Yeah. And she's not, she literally just like hit a point where she's like, I can't take this anymore. And so many people get to that point and like, you know, as a teenager, I I had serious mental problems. I've struggled with eating disorders. I've struggled with all of these things. And people think that this is just who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And like, that's not true. It's so much of a fallacy that we've been fed. And I think these stories are important because so many people live in fear when they've been diagnosed with something that, oh, I, there's not answers for me. And I just really implore them to seek a second opinion, but also go inside and ask themselves because the mind thinks, but the heart knows. And when you really drop into that, you know, what's in alignment for you. Like Nicole and I actually should have been afraid to do psychedelics <laughs> because of <laughs> her mom having afraid. a mental breakdown. I mean, she spent a year in psych ward in a hospital and was like <laughs> the definition of crazy. And actually the only reason why she's even here with us today is because our neurosurgeon uncle flew out and was like, you're not committing her, we're going to do shock therapy and everything. And it brought her back, it scrambled the brain and then brought it back into homeostasis. And she's a normal, like, well, she's actually probably a high functioning human today. And it, there, you know, we have so many gifts. And so again, we are so much more than, these like blood bags that we exist in. And that's what I really I want to get people to that. understand. <laughs> I know, but it like triggers and it makes me really happy because it causes <laughs> an emotional reaction in people. So, um, you know, there's so many stories and I, that in anybody you talk to, there's alcoholism in their family, there's suicide, there's all of these things. And it's like, that should, and I love Raquel that you, you know, it's, this has probably caused you or the message that came through for me is, is like, this also, helped you to create what you've created probably for the love of your grandma and really seeking those answers. And it's like, you know, that's, that's actually a beautiful thing because she was an initiation into, you know, and so was our mother for us. And, um, so I really appreciate those stories because it's why would we do what we do is so that, you know, that doesn't happen again in future generations. Like that. And especially right now, because suicide is the number one killer in America. Yes. That's nuts. Yeah. And that should not be happening.
2: That is wild. That Oh oh my gosh. Yep. That, oh, oh, you're right. It is. It is. And I mean, we're all human. We're all susceptible to it. Like she was very in tune. She was also a witch. Yeah. Um, Very in tune. And I mean, it can just, we're all human. It can happen to anybody. So if you feel like you need to explore or expand beyond what, you're told, and perhaps this is something new, this alternative form of healing, which is, which seems to have so many miraculous stories. I mean, I'd consider everybody listening who just feels the nudge to, I mean, why not, why not try it? You know, why not? Well, and we,
1: we tell everybody, you know, whether you're in a program or not, we just ask, like, please set an intention. These, these are, they're very powerful. They are intelligent. Set an intention because it, mm-hmm. you know, it will give you healing if you, you well, go at it with
0: love and intention. And if you are using them for fun, cause we do too, like we don't really, yeah. <laughs> <use them during laughs> intentions. but like, if I want to go dancing, I will take <laughs> mushrooms and just be like, my intention is to have a great evening with my friends. Yeah. Like, so it's, uh-huh. it's just always having that. Um, communication with, because again, we live in a mass consciousness that includes yeah. plants. It's like, okay, so I just want to dance and be in my body and have right. fun. Because
2: uh, mm, I love it. Yeah, great. a lot of people and drink we are to never hungover.
0: <laughs> I know, and we wake up and I feel. Yeah, so I really yeah to do mushrooms instead of drink because it's a much higher vibration well so. and I
1: think people people <laughs> yeah. will probably ask so like we don't go and take like two grams of mushrooms no. it's like a 400 milligram very like it's a micro dose but it's just enough yeah. like yeah. work like it.
2: Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, for example, when I did it, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just a friend and I, and I mean, we had a great time, but I feel like if, when it comes to this or healing, it might be wise to go to someone like you guys who have experience helping others. Um, I'm not just saying that to plug you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I really mean that for people's safety, you Absolutely. know, or, I mean, I'm sure that people would be fine, but it's, I realized I was thankful I had a friend there because yeah. I think we overdid it. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's a, it's, it'd be nice to have if you're going for healing purposes, yes. it'd be it's smart to probably see someone professionally. What do you guys think about people seeing someone who is a professional in this field versus doing it on their own? So
0: if you're, if you really want to change your life, have a coach because I tell people this all the time. This is why there's coaches on football fields with professional athletes. Everybody has a coach. So it's because they hold the highest intention. They hold your highest self and help you rise to it. Because when you have a coach, they should be more of an embodiment or more of the embodiment that you want to be. Because what we're doing is actually sharing codes. When you're in somebody's frequency, we're made of atoms. So we're sharing energetic fields. So find someone that you're like, I want to be like them. And that's always how I choose my mentors. And it's like this person, I want their codes. I want their embodiment. I want to be more like them because – You can only receive information and download it from people that you aspire to be like or to hold the same frequency. So it's really important that when you're microdosing and you're shifting frequencies like that, that you have somebody that's holding that high intention because you're going to have bad days and you're going to need somebody to be like, no, like... I know that you're better than this and I'm going to challenge you and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to make you rise to the occasion because so many people are complacent and that's why animals, right, we're part of the animal kingdom. They we're social animals. We need others to help and this is where people get to talking about vibrations and frequencies and all of these things. So when you have a coach or if you are doing a macrodose, having somebody that's sober that just can hold space and make it like a ceremony, you're just going to get more out of it because there's grounded energy around you. Just like why there's shamans when you're working in plant medicine in the higher realms with like ayahuasca and stuff like that, because you need somebody to hold the intention and hold the frequency and ground. So I think it's absolutely hugely important, especially if you're working through trauma, especially if you're really trying to change how you view the world and things like that. That's why we work a lot in like masculine and feminine energy when we do the work. It's Carl Jung's theory um, of mass consciousness and masculine and feminine energies within that. And just understanding how to balance that because there's a huge, huge, huge imbalance in the masculine and feminine right now. And yeah, so we work, that's one of our core values is teaching people you have both masculine and feminine energy in you, let's balance those and know when to call one forward and retract the other because relationships are 50-50 energetic fields. And you can't come at it with both masculine and feminine energy because that's called narcissism. If you're trying to be both, that is narcissism. You have to understand how to bring forward the masculine and hold space for the feminine or vice versa. And it's, it's, it's embodiment is really learning how these function and it's kind of been a forgotten part of our world. And that's why it's really collapsed into so much chaos is that there's not grounded energy holding up the chaotic feminine energy that is creation. And it's so when people start to really learn that and embody it, it's such a beautiful thing because it actually takes away a lot of the depression and a lot of the miscommunication, because you start to realize which frequency you're in and what you're bringing, (coughs) (laughs) what you're bringing forth. And it's, massive, massive shifts is actually what takes place when you start to really understand because that's understanding self. Yeah, once you balance those, it's all downhill from there. (laughs) Uphill, downhill. (laughs) I was
2: about to say, downhill. Yeah, (laughs) once you do. Okay, can we talk a little bit more about balancing? Because this is something that very much interests me, is balancing our masculine and feminine energies. Do you mind elaborating a little more? And then there's one thing I might want you to repeat because I got a little confused. You said something about narcissism. Yeah, so do you mind repeating that as well? No, not
0: at all. So narcissism is actually wanting to be cherished and respected simultaneously simultaneously. Okay. So the masculine is respect and the feminine is cherished. So if you're coming out of a relationship and like I want to be respected and loved and cherished and have space held for me. It's like, "Well, whoa whoa whoa. You're a 10 and that other person has to be a 0." You have to understand that the feminine, so if your core is feminine, you want to be cherished, you want to be loved. And then the masculine is grounded and respected. You, again, we have both. So we are whole as a being, but in a relationship, you have to retract one to make space for the other. And then it's a done as one. But we have so much you know, of these energies in the world today that's like, men should respect and cherish me and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, well, then stay single because that's narcissism. You have to make space <laughs> for anybody. We were taught that. And I was the same way, and I couldn't understand, like, well, what the hell? Well, yeah. You know, and I had a mentor, it's like, yeah, Megan, you are a full person. And that's a beautiful thing to have this masculine energy when you're at work and when you're trying to push things through. That's beautiful. But as a feminine woman, right? And I want to be my core energy in a relationship wants to be feminine. And these energies have nothing to do with genitalia. I tell people all the time, you can be a woman and have a core masculine and want to be respected in a relationship. And that's perfectly fine. Find a feminine core that is, you know, male genitalia, if that's what you want, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I have no judgment with that. It's just understanding this is where you get like, you know, there's always a a feminine man and a masculine man, even in homosexual relationships, right? That's why they call them like lipstick lesbians and, you know, that, It's a thing, and but you never really think of the psychology behind that. But that's actually masculine cores and feminine cores, and it kind of comes out in personalities, right? So it's actually in all relationships. There's a masculine and a feminine, and so you. It's just rich. It's not really down. It's not. It's just kind of more of coming into the feminine essence or walking into the masculine essence, and masculine energy gives, feminine energy receives. So, when you go into these frequencies, it's like, okay, so the masculine, that's why there was this whole view of like damsel in distress that the man needs to like come and like fix a tire and he feels like he did something because that's giving, right? If you read like the art of seduction or any of these books where you start to really break down human psychology and how Cleopatra had so much um, sway over Caesar and Mark Antony and all of this, it was this this femininity that she gave him space and challenge to, you know, rise to the occasion. And the feminine holds boundary energy. It holds how the masculine actually rises. So we actually cause the masculine to rise to the occasion. So, you know, women that are strong and embodied and know who they are make very, very grounded, strong men because the masculine is actually here to support the feminine But we have been in so much chaos for so long that women have just been like, I can do it all and I don't need a man. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great. But do you really want to do everything? Just because we're capable of it. Because I don't want to. I can do everything, but I don't really want to, right? So it's coming and it's just like making space for somebody else. And we're starting to have these narratives on mental health and all these things, which is so beautiful because part of it is really just holding space for somebody else, And when you get into these frequencies, because sometimes even as me, right, for example, feminine core, sometimes in a relationship, I have to step into my masculine, but it's understanding and being so in tune with everything around you that, you know, when it's time to be like, okay, I need to be the grounded energy and make space for the man to, you know, cry or do whatever, but it's really having an awareness to this. Um, And that's embodiment because people aren't in tune with their nervous systems. And the nervous system really tells you what's going on and what, you know, it's, we call it those gut instincts, right? Of like something just doesn't feel right. That's your nervous system reacting. (laughs) And it's a lot more intelligent than our brains. It takes a while for our brain to catch up to what's actually happening. So embodiment of these two, you know, requires dropping into that nervous system and being aware of you know, what your wants, needs, and desires are. And I could go on and on about all of this, but so much of what we're in the world is really figuring out what these two are. And Carl Jung really believed in, you know, um, masculine wounds and feminine wounds. And that actually goes back into all based trauma and how trauma actually plays out. So when we balance the frequencies and we balance the energies, trauma dissipates and it's not, you get out of trauma cycles and trauma bonding, um, so I hope that answered.
2: Your question. Oh, it answered it. Oh, it answered it. And I actually understand now because when yeah. you first said it I was like, well, obviously I want to be respected. You know, I was like, what so oh, I I didn't understand what you meant by that. But now that you expanded on it, I 100% agree that those energies need to dance together in order for a couple to really thrive. Right. And and also for yourself to just feel more in tune with you and grounded in you understanding your role subconsciously or consciously it does it works that way
0: yeah it is actually quite confused so many people are like wait what and i'm like no it doesn't mean that man doesn't respect you it just means like <laughs> he's asking you because masculine is accomplishment right it's like i want to do i want to accomplish which is perfect for work But in a relationship, like I want to be asked about the feminine, right? Cherishing is how are you feeling? You know, what do you feel like doing holding that space? And women are always like, well, how do I drop a man into his masculine? I was like, when he asks you, what do you want to do? You say, (laughs) are you collecting information to make a decision or are you delegating the decision to me? Because that's forcing, you're telling a man, hey, I respect you, but like, okay, you know, hold. Like, I want to be Make cherished. I want, at work, we all men. I'm like, if you're treated like a woman at work, you should sue. But in a relationship, like, you get to choose and you don't have to do it all. And that's actually, like, feels so good to people's nervous systems. They're like, we don't have to do it all. The No matter what, the feminine core is always responsible for communication because of how the brain works. And there was a Nobel Prize won in the 70s about um, right-handed men can only think or feel, they can't do it simultaneously. The female brain thinks and feels simultaneously. So if you're a left-handed man, your brain works like a woman. So you'll always see left-handed men who are effeminate and it's quite interesting because their brains work like a woman. So (laughs) if you are a female core, You have to direct the conversation. So if you're trying to drop a man into his feelings, you say, I think, because that's dropping into the masculine, the masculine thinks, the feminine feels. I think, how do you feel? So you're making a safe space for them. Or opposite, if you're in your feelings and you want him to fix something, you say, I feel, what do you think? So it controls their brain and drops them into thinking or feeling because their brains are different. So another key to feminine cores is knowing that in a relationship you're always going to be the one that's dropping the man into his feelings or into his thinking mind, which is fascinating about the brain as well. So
2: that is interesting. My dad's left handed, so it made me laugh. Um <laughs> Yeah. But he I mean he and he's he I would say he's actually quite masculine, but he does have a very Open heart, where you know it's easy for him to cry if something moves him, which I think is a beautiful notion.
0: I love that, yeah. But his, his brain would work like a woman, so he can simultaneously walk between the masculine oh, and yeah. feminine. So that's super, cool.
2: and he's like very much, you know, feminist, he's very in tune with the female energy. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's really fun. I like our mom. She's a
0: masculine course. She only dates left-handed men. Like her whole life, it's wow.
2: Oh, yeah, like, you can't even make. Some yeah, that's things. cool. That's so fun. I'm like, okay. Now I want to get into one other theory that uh, it looks like you guys dapple it or you guys explore. And I just I I have not heard of this T F A R theory of mindfulness. What is this?
0: So this is actually um, T F A R is how we say it for okay. sure. but it's thinking your thoughts become your feelings, your feelings become your actions, your actions result in your life. So we teach this as you can't help circumstance. Everything happens. You have no control over, you know, 80% of what happens to you in a day, right? Or in a lifetime or whatever, but how you think of it and how you actually choose to frame it is what is important. So you know, thinking of like, okay, I got in a car accident. Either you go down the negative thought patterning of, oh my God, this is the worst day of my life. And then your nervous system reacts as feelings. And then you take actions because of those feelings. And then you have a result, right? Or you go into, okay, is everybody okay? I'm still here. You know, you you or you soften into it, right? So you have the thought, the positive thought patterns and the negative thought patterns. And when you start to realize that you have choice, the results of your life start to shift. And actually, the reason that we're sitting here today is because when I had a business coach that was like, because I'm a holistic nutritionist, they said to me like, you know, why aren't you selling your program? You know, and this is a couple years ago, and I was like well, I don't know. He's like, can you change people's lives with it? And I said, yeah, you know, how you eat is hugely important. You know, I've cured endometriosis and gastrointestinal just by how people eat completely for free. Right. And he's like, well, it changes people's lives. Like, why aren't you charging for this? So go down the negative side of this and it's, you know, you don't sell anything and nobody heals. You go down the positive side of this and like, you're helping people and you're making a living out of it. And I was like, wow, it's as simple as a thought, and following that down into the actions and how they result. And it's so, so important to understand how important thinking is and we actually back this up with a manifesting course um that actually teaches quantum spoon bending because that's how powerful a thought is
2: so you guys bend spoons with your mind yes that is so cool cool. yeah energy another question are you guys microdosing right now no oh no well so also what's a
0: side well not a side note but you want to take time off so you want to like microdose for three months okay and then, like, take a couple months off because you want the neuroplasticity to re-solidify and kind of, um, you know, redense and then work on a new intention because it's, it's integration, right? You want to, like, do an ayahuasca ceremony and then integrate. You want to do a macrodosing thing for three months and then integrate what you've learned. Let the brain, like, re-solidify, you know, kind of get used to your new neural networks and then move on to the next thing. So. Uh, we're not right now. I just came off of doing we're currently two months, well, yeah, um, dose of my own. Okay. So I'm in, I'm in the resolidifying stage. We're also but integrating Joe Dispenza.
2: Did you say Jody Spenza
0: yeah. for a week? Yeah, and we just. You know. yeah, so we're integrating. Yeah, that was wild. He's <laughs> he's extraordinary. Right um, talk about like, see that's that's grounded masculine. The fact that he can hold space, that holding of a space, is what. Like that's, and women can do it too. Right. But that's that grounding masculine. He's such a good example of it. devoid of ego, like just very much like I'm here and I'm present. Like that's beautiful masculine energy. Uh, and he does it so well. I'm like, I, how do you do this? Because I want that, like my own body, to be able to do that for the people that I coach.
2: Speaking of coaching, I mean, do you mind talking about synchronicity? What's your program like? So our program is a 90 day container. Oh, nice.
1: And we start. um, We we take applications is so we're not for everybody and everyone's not for us. So (laughs) we definitely, um, we don't take everybody. It's nothing personal. It's just mainly, um, we have to align. And so we start that. And then once you sign on with us, the first thing we mainly do is deep dive into your trauma list. And we start everything with trauma from utero all the way to yesterday. And uh, we really dive deep because that gives us a full view of where and what you're holding in your body. From there, we work with 12 different streams of mushrooms because we've worked with shamans that have studied this stuff generationally and have actually helped us understand which mushroom works in which energy center in the body to help release trauma. And in that, we <clears throat> Depending on each person, their program is individual based on what mushrooms they're using, yeah, but okay. everything has a night, it's a 12 week based program. Every week you have a certain topic. So everything from working in the masculine and feminine to, like we mentioned, TIFAR to learning to understand manifesting um, and really integrating understanding breath while you're um, in this process, because being realigned with your body is a huge part of all of this. Um, so many people come to us and they have no idea like how to feel their own heartbeat mm-hmm. or how to understand their nervous system. They're so disassociated. And so that's a huge part of, um, the program It's just teaching people how to feel again, yeah. along with their traumas. So it's, um, it's a 12 week program and it's, it's a lot. It's not for the faint of heart. We push and we question and we, we hold everyone to account. I mean, we, we hold them to a high standard and it's accountability, full radical accountability for 12 weeks,
2: radical accountability, radical
1: accountability.
0: The only people we've had quit is a psychotherapist and a psychiatrist saying it was too hard. And I was like, that's interesting, right? Because wow. it's a deep look of like, who are you and right. who do you want to be? And I, I we ask those questions in depth and purpose, you know, a big part of this is coming out knowing your purpose because a lot of people, um, you know, their masculine energy wants purpose. It wants to be fulfilled. It wants to be of service, you know, and then the feminine side of all of us wants creative. It wants a creation outlet. It wants to like know, have an artistic side. And both of these are very important to have fulfilled areas in. And that's when you get a lot of confusion in the ego and in higher self when you don't have balance. And, you know, a lot of people just, you know, they, they struggle with it. And then when they really get into it, it's like, I didn't realize how unfulfilled my life was. Uh, but, you know, psychotherapist it challenges every aspect of the work that they do. And that's a big, I get that that's really, really hard. I mean,
2: that's 12 years of work, you
0: know? So that's, that's, that's hard. It's, It's very, very hard. And I felt for both of them very deeply because, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, spending that much on school and that much time of your life. And then being realizing, having that realization that this doesn't have all the answers. Uh, it, it can be quite triggering, especially, you know, at the time I was 30 when one of the ladies quit and she was just like, I mean, she was literally coming to me for advice on how to deal with her clients. And I was like, uh, I guess this is a compliment, but at the same time, like I have a different, I'm coming at this completely different because one of the first questions we ask is, you know, do you believe in a power greater than yourself? And if you don't, that's fine. But we're coming at this as like I we had said earlier, you know, we believe that we are spirits having a human experience. So connecting into that mass consciousness, connecting into that like higher self and that there's purpose and that there's is a huge part of just who we are. We don't judge if that's not part of who you are, but. You know, if I had an atheist come to me, my program just wouldn't work.
2: So it's not personal. I was going to ask, yeah, if an atheist came or someone, what about like someone agnostic or, or religious people? What if they came? So we actually have had
1: many people come to us. Um, and we just break down the program. Um, I just actually one girl individual, well, she's a woman, she's not a girl. She, um, comes from a very traditional Christian background and We, um,
0: so we just changed, honestly, we just changed the verbiage. Well, but it's also just like AA says that, right? Like like, a power greater than yourself. Christianity is a power greater than themselves. So it's not, you know. Well, like,
1: so for like meditation, we use the word prayer. Like for intention, we, you know, there were certain words that she was triggered by. And we talked about that very, in the very beginning. And I was very aware of it going into it as a coach. So I was just aware of it. Mm -hmm. And now actually she came to me the other day and she said, okay, I think I'm ready to read Joe Dispenza's book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, awesome. Like we're going from having worked with her where like meditation was a trigger word to now she's like curious in understanding the brain more, understanding what meditation is, understanding these things that were very much in her upbringing deemed evil or dark or whatever narrative that she was brought up under. And it's it's really quite exciting for, at least for us, because it's also opening the box, like we had said earlier, thinking outside of the box to what and why. And like, there's more to this box of, you know, this box that has a, cro- a cross on top of it. Right.
0: Well, and I've worked with really religious people mm-hmm. too. And I actually had one of my clients come to me and she goes, I actually didn't realize I was putting God in a box and that it's so much more than that. And I was like, I actually love that. I'm stealing it. Um, But I also, I'm like, you know, prayer is talking to God and meditation is open opening you to receive messages from him. So it's really just sitting in silence and kind of opening to the possibility of, you know, receiving. So, you know, when we pray, we give, when we meditate, we receive. And so it's when I framed it like that to one of the other girls I was working with she was like, "Oh, I never thought about that." I was like, "Yeah, cuz prayer, you're talking, right? When does God get a chance to talk?" So it's also so much of just they they're all the same. I studied religion and it's so funny <laughs> cuz I'm like, you realize if you go to like Jerusalem, how many religions are based there? It's like they have the same origin when you really think about it and it's like um you know, the realization that really we all want the same things. We want to be loved. We want kindness. We want to be of service. We want, and when you get into that humanness of just, we all just want a better world and one that's full of love and happiness for everybody and none of, not so much suffering, uh, that you really can bring unity to any, um, culture or anything when you start to get into that. And that's the beautiful thing we work with all walks of life. All we just walks we of just life. ask you believe in something greater. Than yourself. Well, and if you are agnostic and you're like I'm actually on my search because I've yeah, had that too.
2: Right. I was about to say, what about someone who is just they're open? They don't. They're just like I don't know. There might be something. There might not be. You know. I have plenty of agnostic friends. I also, you know what? Okay, so I know that you guys obviously know better because you have been doing this quite some time. But I do, in case there is an atheist that does come to you. Yeah they might still, because there's a lot of science around it now, and of course they deserve healing, they might, I don't know, they they might become open to it, especially when they're, when they're, they shift through the experience. And, you know, maybe they don't call the power greater than them God, but maybe they feel connected to something that is going to help expand them. So I feel like if they're open to it, might really need it.
1: Well, and that's, that's interesting. You say that because I have had many conversations with <clears throat> atheists and a lot of it is religious trauma yeah
2: I mean same but yeah. right and like
1: this aggressive childhood of either Catholicism Seventh-day yeah. Adventist whatever it was that they now it's they're so resentful against whatever happened or this extreme that they have swung to the complete opposite side yeah. and it's actually happening more and more in our society is like, and it's not being talked about is like religion, religious trauma is huge. The shame, the guilt, the, this like box, everything up, don't talk about it is so much like religious trauma. And, um, you know, we, I'm definitely not against working with atheists at all, because I do find that we have found that there is, there is that trauma and everyone is, absolutely you know open and welcome to heal if they're willing to lean into it yeah we should actually change that in our
0: application yeah like or open to see yeah Or
2: open to experience. oh that's good open to uh, it open. Yeah, without any sure. sort of like universe or higher existence because they'll find that within themselves i have a feeling oh for sure because for me i used to be atheist because of I grew up Mormon and then I left the Mormon church to be Christian. Cause I was like, you know, just a little more open. It felt like, but then because of religious trauma, I was atheist for a while. And then I feel like, yeah, I just, I, I remember that experience so profoundly and I've been on my spiritual journey now for about seven years when I felt connected to something greater than me connected to my soul. And I feel like if this, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have this opportunity to experience something within. And so I think that because there's science now around plant medicine, I feel especially microdosing and magic mushrooms, I feel like that's something that would intrigue an atheist mind, as someone who is a former one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and even quantum yeah. physics, right? Said, yeah, Not that it was going to prove that there wasn't a god, and it's actually
1: proving the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, they're proving there. It's actually quantum physics is proving that if you put God inside of self, they will search for it everywhere else, <laughs> and they're you know, it, they're proving it right. It's it's you. You have all of the answers. Yeah, and you can make God. Freaking, you can make God look like a tree if you wanted him to look like a tree, like yeah. or <laughs> or, a, yes. or a dog or a cat or a I don't yeah. know whatever you know whatever you want it to look like. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah, I mean it's it's so fun to
0: see the science behind it, but also just
1: how things are
0: changing in the realm of religion. Well, and you know, I've really just found religion is love. It the is. more you love yourself and you love other people, that is. The experience of God yep. yeah, and in and service. It, yeah. And it is really just goes back to love. And when you really start to feel that in your soul, it, it's a frequency that comes out and it's in all of your life. And you just start to really believe in humanity once again, yep. and it's all comes back to the one word that has no beginning <laughs> or end. It's just, infinite. It's infinite. And I love that. So poetically said,
2: even I can tell you're very passionate about <laughs> feminists. <laughs> I have one last question for you both that I ask all the EuroMagic guests. How would you advise the EuroMagic listeners to create their own magic?
0: I would tell them that stop looking outside of yourself, that everything that you've ever wanted or ever loved or ever felt like you weren't whole because of, look within because you may feel like you're not whole, but you were born whole and coming back to that feeling of wholeness is within, uh, we're so taught in this material plane to search outside of ourselves for all of the answers, but your magic is within you. And it always has been, and you just have to tap in.
1: And I would say, you know, there's a famous quote, be the change you wish to see in the world. You have all of the power, and if you see something that needs to be fixed, or something that needs to be said, or someone that is being bullied, stand up for them because that's where your power is. And so many people are scared to step in and right now we need people to step into their power and yeah. be the change mm-hmm.
2: oh, beautifully said that's one of my favorite quotes thank yes. you gandhi yes i love this podcast can you guys please come back on sometime to expand more on microdosing? because this yes, was so i feel like there's so many more questions but <laughs> with that said though right. where can everyone connect with you so you
1: can connect with us at
2: synchronicity222
1: on on instagram that is our business account you We post up-and-coming podcasts, up and coming containers, all the stuff that's like new with the business. We have synchronicity underscore sisters Instagram. That's where we put all of our life bloopers. (laughs) Everything from our travel to our dog to like just silly things that Megan and I are doing in and out of our day. If you really want to understand and get like closer, more intimate relationship. That is our Instagram for both of us.
2: And your dog was um, here. I heard your dog throughout this. And I was yeah, like, oh, my dog is here with me too, but he's sleeping right now. What's your dog's name, by the way?
1: Her name is Shiloh. She is a almost three-year-old three year purebred Dalmatian. So she's our COVID baby. Oh, yes. So she's very, oh, very open throat chakra. <laughs> so, I love Dalmatians. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's, she's
2: beautiful. a beautiful
1: soul and um if any if anybody is interested on more information on our program you can absolutely get on our website synchronicity222.com you can also um, apply there if you are interested in being a part of our program we are currently offering two thousand dollars off our program for any podcast listeners The application just asks you where you heard from us or heard about us. Please just put the podcast name on there. We greatly appreciate that. You're a magic. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And then we are currently offering a free mini course. So if you guys are kind of curious about what we do or just, you know, want a little bit more information, At the bottom of our website, all we ask is for your email, and we currently actually have a pop-up, so you don't have to dig. Just give us our name and your email. We send it right to your inbox. It's a two-day course, and Megan and I teach you a little bit more in depth on what our whole program looks like, but there's also some just really amazing information on what's currently going on in the world, what's happening in the world of psychedelics, and kind of um, connecting the Western world with this new movement of psychedelics
2: super cool i love that i love that you both are sisters as well doing this together and somehow this felt this felt very synchronistic for both of you to do this together and synchronistic i think that's a beautiful thing it works it It works it works thank you guys so much for coming on and i can't wait for you to come back on for part two one day yeah just let us know
0: yeah we really enjoyed it i will so much raquel and thank you for the work that you do
2: oh thank you so much Yomis, it is time for the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into the Your Own Magic Podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is alive. And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge to, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the your own magic website at your own magic and there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts some spiritual or creative tools and more and of course feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send him my love. Jai-ma.